forever. Dog. <laughs> yeah, they would start. Sydney, I told uh, I told Nick Walker we were doing this podcast, and he said, "Why? Why would you do this?" That's, that was <laughs> why would I, or why would you? Why would we do it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, I love this. This is awesome. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for coming for coming on. Oh yeah, I love it. Well, I I, I was so happy because uh, my PR guy told me it was at 10 a.m. Uh, initially. And so I set an alarm for eight o'clock this morning. Oh. And it was so, it was awful. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I um, I checked my email to get the details and it said 1 p.m. And I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and slept till 11. It is hard to sleep in out here. The sun comes up at 6.30 and... I wake up with like the sound of the birds and everything usually, and then it doesn't go down until 10 p.m. And then I'm still up like playing video games mm. and, you know, doing all this stuff on uh, social. So um, it was so nice to sleep till 11 o'clock today. It was amazing. So I'm feeling refreshed, uh, ready for this. Amazing. Awesome. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I feel half sleep, half awake. Uh, <laughs> I see all of you guys, but you guys could be ghosts or this could be a dream. I guess we'll see soon, you know? That's right. That's right. I still am trying to figure that out. I mean, listen, quarantine, getting up, I don't know, man, getting up at seven to eight during quarantine feels like I never know how to do it. Some days I'm great. Other days it's like, all right, this is this is hard as hell. Stay in bed. <laughs> Not putting on socks or sweats. Why was that the detail? Not putting on socks? <laughs> Here's my thing. Here's my thing. I'm not putting on jeans. So that's not even a thought in my mind. It's like, am I going to put on sweatpants or am I going to put on no pants? (laughs) Wait, I missed the, I missed a little bit of the fireworks talk because, wait, because I think the same thing was happening to me. There were fireworks everywhere where you are. You're in, are you in Detroit? Uh, I'm in uh, Ann Arbor, Ipsy. So ish. Um, It's all kind of Detroit. And, um, and yeah, the fireworks have been on ten. Um, but That's baby, great. I'm a firework, so I'm a firework. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Wait, Fair. do you guys like fireworks? Like, like, like Low-key, watching them and stuff. I'm obsessed. I love <laughs> them. I love them. I wanted them. I used to drive to like Ohio to get the illegal ones. Um, when I was a kid, I shot off bottle rockets in the backyard. I had those snapper things that are so irritating and scary oh, to yeah. people. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I still like when I see fireworks. I'm like, oh, <laughs> magic. Mm. Yes, um, I used to be all into fireworks until they were happening nonstop every single night, um, <laughs> which just started <laughs> happening this summer. And I, I don't really believe in a lot of conspiracy theories, but uh, because of how the frequency of these fireworks, and because I didn't even think about it until people started being like, "Why is this happening everywhere?" And I was like, "Wait, this is happening everywhere." <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, fireworks everywhere, man. Uh, but no, they, they were still cool. We, we like, uh, my wife and I like drove up on a hill and cause in LA, everybody, so many people do them that if you just drive up to any elevated point, you can see them every which way. Cause so many people have 
I guess everyone has illegal fireworks. I don't know. Or maybe they're legal here. I have no idea. Are they legal? Yeah. I don't know if they're legal out here. Maybe they are. I mean, so many people do them that nobody's hiding it at all. It's not like a... (laughs) You know what I mean? My Uh, uh, mom's boyfriend growing up would do like a big fireworks display for like the neighborhood. And that was that was like i think the highlight of my fireworks experience like he would like the there was one sh- there was like a side street by my house that like went off into woods so there weren't any houses this way so that whole he'd line the whole street with them and like it it was it was amazing <laughs> that was so i i i i'm not going to lie i was that kid that would look at fireworks and go this didn't impress me. I was like, I would always, I would always be a dick about what? it. What? This looks because I. This is a good is, thing for Sydney to know because yeah. Jiraz always never impressed. This actually makes so much sense. Every time we do a movie, Jiraz not impressed. Uh, so, so it, no, it makes sense. He's like, not impressed with fireworks. At the end, I'm like, if you're gonna just do. Because every every state or city does the same thing. At the end, it's just like the nonstop. We're going fast, and mm-hmm. it's like the music pumps. I'm like, why did you do that from the beginning? You think I want to wait to the end to see the rapid fire fireworks? Give me the rapid fire fireworks at the beginning and then change the end. Make the end look. I'm not going to lie, man. I was always a dick. Like, fine. All this noise. Okay. Someone probably lost their hand. That is literally my thought. I'm an old man when it comes to it. Someone probably lost their hand is what I always think about fireworks. I knew a kid when I was what? when I was young who, um, you know, a friend of mine I used to go camping with um, who was holding on to a I think they call them M an M80 or something some kind of really yeah, like that already sounds banging firework and <laughs> he lost bomb. three of his fingers oh my and god he had to have reconstructive surgery I mean he never got him back but it's one of those right. there's always Ooh. cautionary tales yeah. of kids and fireworks I mean there are some things you stay away from like I I love fireworks but I light that thing and then run for the hills right it's yeah, part yeah, of the yeah. fun I don't Hold on to them and try and throw them at people. That's or, so dumb. You know, at animals. Yeah, it's a bomb. Yeah, it's a bomb. Could you it imagine? Oh my god, that's crazy. People throw them at animals. Like why? <laughs> you someone, just someone threw it at shot a... one over my head when I was a kid. Like, really? I remember, maybe that's one reason I don't like it. Like when I was in the city, I used to live in a big apartment building, and my mom was. We went to go watch the fireworks somewhere. My mom was welcoming us back to the apartment. And, like, I stopped on the corner and someone dropped one. Like, I don't I don't necessarily remember. My mom always tells me about it, but it dropped somewhere Did you get close to out? the top of my head. On your head. I, That's I, it assault. Was above, it was above my head. That's attempted murder. This <laughs> thing <laughs> threw a bomb at but you. It could have been It could have been because it was nighttime and it was an apartment building, so it could have been a kid who dropped. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know kids are just, always trying for attempted murder on some other <laughs> <laughs> That is true. I know that it, attempted murder has happened to me a few times. So. <laughs> Damn. That's, yeah, that's too real. They throwing it. Look at that. They throwing it at you. They throwing it. They, I, I feel. I, I do feel bad for the like. And I feel bad for like the dogs because you get. <laughs> they're like they don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, you know the yeah. The, you know everyone's all, like all those wh- critters. What? What? What you say? What'd you say? I said all the critters. The dogs, blackbirds. What'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> no, Why no. Are you looking I, at me when you said that. 
He called you a blackbird, man. No, I, I was saying. I heard. I saw. No, I, I saw him when he did it. No, no, I'm talking about all the animals. I'm talking about squirrels. I'm talking about raccoons. I'm talking about a blackbird. <laughs> wow. So you're, so you're gonna so you're gonna make everything plural, but blackbird just to speak that <laughs> that movie title. You're not gonna say. You know, blackbirds. Well, you know, know, some, some, you know, like mice. There, there's no, there's no S. Blackbird. All right. Okay. Well, this okay. is embarrassing. <laughs> this is this is this is embarrassing. Let's let's start the show. <laughs> you know what it Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan. What more can I say? You know what it is? Black men can jump. Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. From Quarantine City. Jesus loves me, this I know, mm. for the Bible tells me so. Okay, James. All Little right, James. ones to him belong. Okay. They are weak, but he has child. <laughs> what? You <laughs> better breathe on that microphone. <laughs> Why did he, everybody was on your side? I, I loved. I was looking at Sydney the entire time because I didn't know Sydney could actually sing, and he was just like, "Okay." What, what's unfortunate? About- what's unfortunate about this city is I always do a line or something from the movie whenever we every time we do a, a, the podcast, and whenever we do musicals, we always have a guest who who is anointed as yourself. <laughs> And I always have to sing in front of people that have to hear my garbage. No, that was some you were very doing good to the realness. Yeah. I love that. Okay, baby. okay, yeah, realness. Yes. It just felt like you stopped breathing at the end, James. Thank you. Like no, stop breathing. He started breathing. Well, thank you. I careful in COVID times. Breathing <laughs> like that. Hey, that was spreading eight kinds <laughs> of viruses. I love this. Love it. I love this. Oh my god! Um, wow. That uh, for those who for those who are listening to us for the first time, my name is Jonathan Braylock. Um, this super cool, super suave. There's no need for this. Chill <laughs> voice is Gerard Milligan. You see how I changed it up for him? You see it right? <laughs> and I'm James the Third. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that just and, we're just on it today. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Truly on it today. Uh, we have an extremely special guest with us in the studio today. Okay, uh, okay. okay. You know, I, we're, we're recording this I on Fourth of July weekend. Different. Oh yeah, what are you gonna do? You gonna do some fireworks? See, for this, us? Okay, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do something different. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna instead of just doing the drums, I'm gonna do a little beatbox. You know what I'm oh. saying? Okay, do a little beatbox right. intro. That makes okay. sense. I understand okay. it. I understand okay. it. Considering okay. our guests are. are our guest is from the hit musical Hamilton. Everybody, it's Sydney James Harcourt. Dear sir, I hope this letter finds you in good health and in a prosperous enough position to put wealth in the pockets of people like me down on their luck. You see, that was my wife that you decided to. What? Oh. Okay, okay, okay. Just so everyone knows, we did not ask him to do that. He did it himself, and it was incredible. <laughs> but I know. you know, that like fisticuffs in the studio. Why'd you Why'd you drop the beat out? Turn my headphones up. I'm honestly, honestly, up. because I I was listening. And I was like, oh shit, he he rapping. I want to hear it, and I didn't want to be distracted by my own noise. Um, little backstory. Uh, I I was lucky enough to see 
Hamilton three three times. Here we go. Three <laughs> times? You saw it three oh times, my goodness. Bougie. And uh, oh. I am bougie. But um oh but Gerard never got to see it. So he just saw it for oh the first time last for, night. First off, I loved it. Low, like this is this is real. John saw it three times. I had a chance to see the play three times. Um twice at the public, once when it went to Broadway, and each time I didn't realize how big the play was. I remember a friend was like, hey, man, I saw this play. You should go see it. It was really cool before it gets popular. I'm like, I got you. I'm going to see it. Don't worry. <laughs> then the Obamas saw it at the public. My friend goes, hey, just so you know, the rumor is it's moving to Broadway. Obamas just saw it. It's going to be hard to get tickets. You should try to get them now. I'm like, I got it. Okay. So I finally went to Broadway. And in March, I was about to buy tickets. But they didn't have seats available until like August. Still original cast, everybody. I'm like. I'm not waiting till August see no play. It'll go down. Wow. It never it never went down. I never I never saw this it. This is This is a sad story. It really no, is it sad. Is, <laughs> the, the thing is every and every part of it was all my fault. It was just it was just like I f- just straight ignorance. I just I fully missed time. it when it was at the public. Like I'm not I'm trying to even remember how on my radar it was when it when when it was there, but like man, the second I had an opportunity to see it on Broadway, I was like I'm going. <laughs> I don't I, man, it's embarrassing, but I did see it now and I technically watched it twice back to back. I took a break, but I watched it the first time on Friday, took a break, started at 3 a.m. again and you know, you know, so so so, so I've, I'm catching up. I'm catching up, you know. Uh, John was singing the songs. He was singing the songs in regular conversation. Like I knew what the hell he was talking about, but now I know. It right. just took me four or five years to get there. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, for 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 people who might not know, I mean, it's on uh, Disney Plus right now. Sydney originated the role of James Reynolds and Philip Schuyler and the Doctor, but uh, uh, as the as some of the original cast move on, he he uh, start to play characters like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and of course Aaron Burr, sir. <laughs> Aaron Burr, sir. Today we're reviewing we we review films of leading black actors. We talk about them in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. Yeah. And today we're f- uh-huh. reviewing a film that, honestly, I think is super interesting. It, it's called Blackbird. It came out in 2014. Um, it is uh, a film that. Well, the most notable actors are uh, Monique and Isaiah Washington, but it's uh, directed by um, a black queer man, Patrick Ian Polk, and it stars Julian Walker, who this is his first film. Patrick kind of talks about in these different interviews where uh, actually, oddly enough, Jesse Smollett was the person who he wanted originally, but uh, they couldn't get the financing. And then by the time that they got the financing for this film, uh, Jesse was on um, Empire, and so the scheduling was was like, you know, didn't work out. And he was like, "Man, I'm really trying to get this. I'm trying to get somebody who can kind of nail this role." Uh, and so he found uh, Julian, um, and this was his first film. Um, anyway, so the premise of this movie, just for people who don't know, it's essentially a a, a gay teenager in high school uh, in this small town in Mississippi. Um, is like struggling with his sexuality. Um, you know, he uh, he's religious, he's Christian. Um, he can tell that, especially his mother, like this would, this is considered a sin in his kind of, in the world that he's living in. So 
there's this huge struggle that's happening. And I mean, that's uh, there's some some other plot points that we'll talk about, but that is essentially the the film. And he's like an incredible singer as well. Um, but yeah, so that's all the backstory. This was, uh, you know, it's it, it was released in a few theaters. It, it it's made its way through um, a lot of film circuits. Uh, it never um, it didn't kind of get that that like it didn't really get much Hollywood buzz. Um, and Therefore, I think uh, probably a lot of people haven't heard of it. Um, so I'm super interested to discuss it. Shall we do initial thoughts? Sydney, would you like to start? Like, what What? Yeah, what were your initial thoughts when you saw this film? I knew that uh, it existed, uh, but I hadn't seen it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know a lot about it. And, um, and uh, when it first began, I kind of felt like, Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> we can get through this. And I loved it. Mm, like, yeah. The more I gave over to the convention of what the film was trying to be and trying to say, the more I just like ate it up like a like an after school special that I was never allowed to watch mm. when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. 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 It it so for me it was like and and <laughs> it's so interesting because, you know, we have talked about this on the podcast before. We we reviewed Moonlight, but there are so few, like close to like so few um movies in which like a black gay character is the lead. Um oh, yeah. you know. And it's just something we don't get to see on screen much. And um so this movie came out, you know, before Moonlight. Um, and I had never seen it either. I did I hadn't really heard heard about it. Um, and so I was watching it, and I was just like, "Wow!" I, first of all, it's weird because like I, though I'm not gay, I'm very. I grew up very Christian, and I struggled with like sexuality and like porn and like you're not supposed to have sex before you're married and all that stuff. So so much of what this character was going through was like I was like relating to it in the sense of like like him waking up with like you know mm-hmm. wet dreams and like you know, feeling the shame of that and like having to like wash his sheets and, um, and like talking about sex and like kind of denying, you know, you're like denying this sexuality part of yourself. Cause you're like, it's wrong. Um, all of that. It, it was like, but the film did it in a way to me that was like very, it was, it was very real. It was vulnerable, but it was also like beautiful and honest and, um, and hopeful, actually, like, because I, I think these types of movies generally, there are times where I feel like Hollywood loves to play up the trauma of, of oh, this. Oh, God, stuff. I so, yeah. completely agree with that. Right? <laughs> like, they, 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 they hound on the trauma. And this it's not like this movie doesn't have a traumatic event. You know, we see them, but it's not the focal point of the movie. And that I was like, of course, because this was made by you know, a black gay man, like they, and, 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 and acted by a black gay man. So you had real representation, not like, not straight people writing for, you know what I mean? Uh, uh-huh. Queer people. So I thought that, yeah, anyway, that was my initial thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Just, 
just uh, a couple of things that y'all both said that I want to talk about is like I at the beginning when the movie started (laughs) and like he he has the 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 wet dream but then we we like see yeah yeah i was like wow like this dream is wow oh, no. bro <laughs> i was like am i ready <laughs> um but then as the movie kept going on i was like i was 1000% on board and and uh like we there aren't a lot of movies like this or movies like this that make it into like mainstream like like when what when watching moonlight i was like oh this feels very theatrical but that's of course based on a play right Mm -hmm. and then throughout this i was like oh yeah this also kind of it has that feeling of you know of uh, something you might see in a play but i think that's just because like a play is more likely to go down this road than like um, a major motion picture um so i i i really enjoyed uh that and then to the the trauma thing um i a a weight was lifted off of me when the first time uh we heard them talking about like oh is he gay or is he not gay it was like amongst friends and they were all kind of like casually talking and it, it it didn't have like the weight of like this is going to destroy him you know like i I feel like so many times in movies it it feels like that and like i i the tension was there right you know during that opening scene but then the second they were at school and kind of like talking it kind of eased it a little bit and it felt like i don't know it felt like it felt like i could relate even more because of that sort of like it felt a little bit more like it was it ebbed and flowed it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like, I don't know, uh, a cloud over him. It was like kind of like a journey that he was going through. Yeah, if it released some of the tension that you feel in these kinds of moments in films because the character who ends up being our gay protagonist is um, the one who's like, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. While his friends, instead of trying to convince him to be straight, are like, it's okay. No, come yeah. on. Which is usually the opposite story that you get right you usually get this person striving to be themselves in a world that doesn't accept them yeah so um, that was know, refreshing I, i'm very happy to hear everyone's uh uh um dry it Mary doesn't like fireworks i will say this i it's hard for me because like how how john was talking about the experience like i grew up in a very religious household so like a lot of the things the character was going through, like I rem- I remember, like I remember a lot of people thought I was gay because I just didn't care about sex and that was a problem where I lived. You know what I'm saying? But I also know, like I was taught the moment I have sex, I'm going to hell. You know, I mean, literally, it was like you go to hell. That was immediate, the immediate thing I was taught. So like, <laughs> it's hard because I love what the movie was about. I don't think I like the execution of it, and I think even watching this. Even watching it, and as I started realizing, I didn't like how it was either, kind of both written and directed and maybe acted at the same time. It was like, I realized that I want to be very particular with this movie because I really do believe this is probably um, the director's experience. So I don't want to sit here and like kind of critique that. But as far as the movie goes, I think that, man, it's tough because I, I really think there is a a powerful story. And I do love the message of, Hey man, everything is fine. It just felt like, especially when it got to the end, I don't want to spoil it, but it felt like everything was summed up in a very neat 
Bo, and even his best friend. I was very fascinated with his best friend throughout this whole movie. And it felt like mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what was happening with that best friend until maybe midway through, but it doesn't feel like that was purposeful. It just feels like a conflict needed to happen and it was just it just appeared to help with the um protagonist. It is hard. It's hard. And also, man, I really do think it was a the dude just felt like Michael Jackson to me, and that threw me off a lot of the movie. I was like, is this purpose? Like, yeah, I was like, is this on just purpose? His energy? Like, he, like, he just had a very Michael Jackson essence, which like, and I mean that by like, not not anything creepy, but the the meekness of how he would look at people and like the soft voice. I was like, oh man, this is like Michael Jackson. But then I couldn't tell if that was something I was supposed to understand. And then the Monique character, I understood her. It's Man, it's hard. It feels like I understood because I've gotten into these arguments, especially about Moonlight, which I brought up on this episode before with family members. Um, who will say you're a good person, but you still live with sin just because that person's gay. I remember literally having an argument because we had one of our teammates, Ray Cordova, do the Moonlight episode. And the one episode my cousins listened to was that one. And all hell broke loose at Christmas over it. So I understand the Monique character, but it just felt like there's a reason for somebody to act like that. You know, there's a reason for someone to be so filled with hate, but use the Bible to justify certain things. And I think we never got that from Monique. Um, I did think it was funny that Eliza, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Isaiah Washington. Isaiah Washington was in a movie about homosexuality and defending a gay character, knowing that he got fired from Gary's Anatomy for literally um, harassing a gay actor. I was like, oh, this is kind of crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm curious. Every, like, I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts. I just, something about it just didn't connect. And I don't, think it was the story i just think it honestly was the execution of the story that was hard for me from the visuals and it may, man it may have been the acting and it may have been that script like for real for it may have been that goddamn script but i'm i figure it out as we discuss it i think i don't know yeah i mean it's good i i will say this movie was based off of a a novel um that was actually written in 1986 oh. uh oddly oh, wow. enough and i was i read this interview uh, with the author of uh, the that novel, and they were saying like um, he was talking about how he finds it. He was like, you know, it it felt it felt good to know this book that I wrote, you know, so many years ago. Like I guess almost I mean, thirty you years know, ago. You got to talk point. about how old you people know? are who were born in eighty six. You know what I mean? We can just we can just skip past that eighty <laughs> six. <86. laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> he was he was saying how like you know it was good. It was it, it felt good that there were so many. He knew so many um, young gay men who were connecting with it. But then he was also like, but I'm also kind of sad about it. Like I'm sad that the experience is so similar and like not much has changed. Um, there are some things that weren't in the book at all. So like the whole storyline with the daughter is like not in the book, and and. The father isn't as accepting in the book. And then they were in, um, he wrote it because he, the not the author of the novel was from Southern California. So it like changed from that to uh, M I cricket letter, cricket letter, but, I, cricket letter, cricket letter, I, humpback, humpback. I. Yeah, did y'all learn how to spell it that way? Nobody? All right. Okay. Well, no. Right, everyone got real quiet. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. Well, no, Gerard. Uh, you know, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going mute. <laughs> Um, hmm. 
Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, why don't we why don't we go through the film like the beginning of the uh yeah, we talked about it. the beginning of the movie is like uh is this um choral what were they singing? Does anyone um, remember? There was the first. No. I don't think I know Ooh, that right. uh, that one. Yeah, I I don't know if it, I couldn't there I feel like there were there were definitely some songs that were obviously like old like you know, like actual like songs and there were some that I was like did they make the song up for the movie? I I couldn't tell. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but there was like this, you know, really cool, like song number that was happening and clearly he can sing. Um, uh, and then he kind of starts, oh, they start making out, <laughs> uh, these two friends like in front of the choir and everybody is scandalized yeah. and shocked and, and everyone's like, oh my God, but they're just making out anyway. And then he wakes up and like, that was his wet dream. Um, I was like, I was like, oh snap, they making out <laughs> I- at the church. And then I was like, this has to be a dream because, look, I'm telling you, my church, bro, I don't know, man. I, I I, am very happy this movie touched on, like, the religious experience because I'm telling you, like, there are certain people I know are very welcoming, very accepting. But in that, in my church, if one of the women, like, one of the girls had a baby early and then uh, uh, one of the guys was gay but never came out and people treated both of those people so messed up at my church. But like in a very um, what's it called? Uh, passive aggressive. Passive aggressive kind of way. And I'm like, I know why y'all being a dick to these two people. You know what I mean? And so I'm happy that this movie really addresses that. Uh, yeah. Did you grow? Did you grow up religious at all, Sydney? Not a tiny little bit. Um, uh, I had a concept. My mom sort of let me, you know decide i mean we never went to church yeah um but she didn't like force any ideas on me of what you know what i was allowed to believe in or what i didn't so i had a general knowledge of like god and the devil and when you do bad things that's because of the devil and you know right but otherwise i didn't i never experienced and I'm, I'm kind of thankful for it yeah um that environment of um intolerance yeah um because uh and I was kind of allowed to, you know, make choices about things based on like what I thought was cool. I was like, what? Greek people believed in uh, like 25 gods <laughs> and they could turn into animals. Hold on. Can we believe in this? Uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's you know, when you, and you bringing up Greek mythology, I kind of thought of this movie as fantasy mm. genre mm. more than uh more than like being like a, a in this thing of moonlight of this like kind of gritty realism right. of trying to portray that i i thought that the movie lived in a world of fantasy and not and that's not shade that's you know ferris bueller's day off is fantasy right 16 yeah. candles is fantasy uh, Heather's is fantasy to for that's not those aren't real experiences, right. but um, that's how young white kids, you know, kind of learn how to handle situations that are upcoming in their life, how to handle situ- sexual situations, how to handle mm-hmm. unwanted pregnancies or parents who disapprove of your poor boyfriend. Um, and so this felt the same to me in the sense that. It was a fantasy of, uh, you know, how friends could be right. in life. What your father could say to you. Right. So that, like, you know, if 
if you're a parent who happens to stumble upon this film and you're thinking that your kid might be going through something, here's a way you can handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, and so in, in that sense, I didn't try to take it very literally. I, I really felt like I was watching an after-school special that's really painted in broad strokes and trying to touch a lot of different things. Um, what was funny for me was... Uh, I'm watching, uh, I started watching it with um, my nephew who was over and he's, uh, he's 25. He's just a few years younger than me. Right. And, um, uh, what? <laughs> people, people had to, and, people had to uh, know and, that you had to know that yeah. you're like, yeah. Cause when you say nephew, yeah. sometimes, you know, you picture like a six or a seven year old. You're like, oh, right, hold on. <laughs> right. Um, that dramatic so, right. pause. So there's that. And I'm watching it with my husband who um, is from Serbia and nobody in his family knows. Oh wow! Um, wow! And so, uh, so it's not like he's you know waving a flag on gay pride. Right. Right. Uh, so I'm watching it with the two of them, and that song starts, and um, you know you can immediately uh, tell from the main character, at least I can, mm-hmm. uh, that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a gay kid. Yeah. Right. That's me. That's me singing mm-hmm. in school in the choir. You know, like. Um, trying to have it be about art and really it's Mm -hmm. just like I feel so gay Um, so but the two of them are like you know kind of watching the film and then like doing their little peanut gallery thing like uh uh-oh when the other guy starts singing um, and they're like uh uh-oh there's something going on between the two of them they want to hook up Mm -hmm. Uh uh-oh you know and they're gonna you know they're gonna get it on this you know fantasy and then they start making out immediately (laughs) and it shut them (laughs) 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 like they were like oh wait and then the clothes come off. Oh yeah. And they were like, I was kidding. What? <laughs> In the first three minutes. <laughs> and I loved that effect yeah. that it had on them because they didn't know what was coming. And then suddenly they were actually really into the film. Um mm. you know, because it was like, oh, this could take me anywhere. Mm, right. Um, so that was like kind of the effect of that first moment on two people who like kind of didn't know what they were getting I mean, themselves into. I didn't right. know. No, it's <laughs> true. It was, I, I didn't know. Yeah. You, you, because it made you first think you first thought like, it's like, Oh wow. They're laying it on a little thick that those two like right. each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you're like, all right, we, we get it. Uh, but then when they start making out, you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. Wait, what? Like, just what? right, right up top. Oh. <laughs> they, they're gonna be this bold, oh, yeah. and that he's having these things. And I thought, man, I mean, there's so many things in this movie that I really did like. And I hear what you're saying because I, I do think there are certain things that kind of tail off at the end, and and we'll get to that. But like this first couple of scenes, like when he um when he wakes up and he's like immediately praying. And he's yes. looking up and there's this picture of this white blue eyed Jesus looking down at him. Yeah. And and we know, like, just from history, like, there's no way Jesus really looks like John. That, you know? I don't like, know, John. This, like, very European. John, I've seen all the <laughs> movies. OK, I've seen I grew up. I used to watch all the Easter movies and Jesus mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. always white with blue eyes every time. I've seen the paintings. OK, John, I think right. you're wrong. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus is white with uh, blue eyes. Yeah, you've seen the medieval paintings of Jesus. He got blonde uh, tips. <laughs> he got blonde tips because his hair is always perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's, and exactly, he likes always. the beach. The wind is in every photo and painting that's ever been drawn. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> 
And it was just like, it was like such a, and cause they never, they actually never like, uh, they never address it uh, out loud, but it's just like such a great, this image of this, of this Jesus looking down at him and, and this kid earnestly, you know, praying um, in a way that's like, there's something that was, it, it's like painful, it's like painful to watch, but the honesty to, this is why I actually did like that, that actor. And, and I understand that he's like, this was first film and there were, um, you know, there, I like, I wish, I don't know if he's, if he kept acting, to be honest, because the, we'll talk about that too. There's just, not- no, he was on, he was on, uh, being Mary Jane in 2017. So, all right, three years. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know how many opportunities he got and, and, and this and that, but, y- you know, for his first film, like, I thought he did, like, a really great job, and there was something about, I don't know, to me, there, there was an, ex- there was an earnestness, and yes, it does feel, there is a similarity, I guess, to, like, early Michael, J- early Michael Jackson, like, had this kind of, like, earnest, I guess it's, like, this innocence, yeah, that's what it really yeah, is, yeah. right? There's, like, a, there's this, like, you you see someone just trying to understand the world and like, and, and, and feeling these things and like, and, and really caring. And, um, but like, but like, yeah, like he, he can't, and his friends know, I love that immediately. <laughs> like his friend. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Which made me feel like, Oh God, my friends, <laughs> my friends knew and wanted me to tell them. And I couldn't. Uh, right. Right. Mm-hmm. I had, I had, those friends it's another thing about the show that i mean about the movie that really i loved so much because it's not trying necessarily to speak to um uh to speak to straight Mm -hmm. men right i mean it it has things that other people can take to it but it's Mm -hmm. like you can see yourself in this film as a as a young kid i'm like oh god i did have that other kid friend who was gay and i had that girl who knew I was, but also kind of wanted to like explore with me. And um, uh, I also think that, um, you know, as far as Julian's um, character goes and, 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 you know, the, the choices, that's a real, that's a real person uh, in, in our world. Right. Right. That person that we think is a little too much or that person that we think is, are they, are they really that earnest? I mean, come on. And, um, and I feel like we give straight actors and white actors a pass in their first films yep. when they're not really that good, yeah. but the film was good. And so, you know what? I loved it anyway. And then they get more work and they get more work and then they get better as you go because mm. who among us is like amazing the first time we try yeah. something. Right. Um, and so... Uh, I could see from, you know, the not everybody in the cast, but certainly from some of the, you know, these younger actors, I could see the, there was like a lack of polish sometimes and, um, or like little technical things, but I was willing to overlook that because of the, of the larger things that were good. And because I have given so many other actors the benefit of the doubt in movies where they were sort of yeah. like, yeah. But it's 100%. like, oh, but yeah. they're, but look how cute they are, right? Oh, look how cute, you know, Jonah, whatever his name is, yeah. and all of those, <laughs> yeah. you know, movies. <laughs> it's like, um, so I kind of wanted to, you know, just speak to that because I read a, a, some reviews of this um, this morning, 
and man, do they go in. Yes. And, I, I, and Oh, really? I didn't read any. Those reviews made go me ahead. so upset. I, I was reading some of them, and I was just like, really? First of all, you guys don't... There's a level of criticism that gets directed, I think, at like these types of films that are like the first mm-hmm. and like and it's like you ne- I, I i've seen you like i've seen like the introductory films of certain white directors or certain mm-hmm. white actors um especially straight you know cisgender all of that stuff it's like you you watch them and you're like this is not perfect and like no. i understand what you saw in it that you were like oh this is like potential but why are we acting like this first film of this director was some masterpiece, some like cinematic masterpiece, you know, and a lot of these people get their start really young. They get their start when they're in their like, you know, mid twenties, like, mm-hmm. um, and it's because they yeah. identify with it and right, they exactly. want to root for uh, that. I and haven't, exactly, I haven't right, seen this exactly. movie all the way through, but back when flipping through channels was a thing, like I remember stopping on a point in cocktails when Tom Cruise is like yelling at somebody and it was oh. like, some of Tom the cheesiest, Cruise. most like over the top, yeah. like it was like, man, he's trying yeah. to do this. That you know, first and like, film. And, is it and risky business? Oh, was risky yeah, risky business. business was his first one. Yeah, yeah, but cocktail yeah. as well. I mean, you know, Tom Cruise couldn't get a break for a long time in Hollywood in terms of like getting an acting award, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But people loved yeah, it. They didn't say how hokey risky business good was. Point. They right. just were like, Who is that? And I just love him so much. And we won't talk about, you know, the other things that are said about that. Uh, no, that makes total sense. It's funny because I was I was watching this and and one of the things I, I related to most is when he has to hop down and pray, because again, I thought I would I was going to hell. So any sexual thing happened, I was automatically praying growing up. Like even if even if I couldn't like physically get down on my knees and pray, I would try to do the mental prayer where like it makes it's gonna sound real dumb, but like you're on your knees in your head and you're like, all right, let me just be respectful as humanly possible. So I don't go to hell. Guys, mm-hmm. it, for real, for real. The amount of times uh, I was told I was going to hell for like random shit is crazy. So I like when this character goes through that stuff, it makes so much sense. I think even here you guys talk about like the performances and stuff. I do think there is something to purposefully having him be so um, innocent and meek so that you kind of, I think it almost made it so when we get to certain parts in the movie, it almost made it so automatically felt bad anytime something happened to him. Like anytime, because he was so mm-hmm. honest and so innocent, anytime, you know, Monique spoke to him a certain kind of way, you instantly felt like, oh, she is wrong in this situation. You know, immediately. There was no, there was no, oh, we are trying to understand where she's coming from. Like this person is a villain at this point. Like there's another point where he deals with, you know, I guess his main love interest. Well, I thought that guy was creepy the whole movie. Like the entire movie, I'm like, this it's kind of creepy because this boy is in high school. But I think him being so meek and innocent kind of made that the point. So I totally understand what you guys are saying about, especially giving people a pass when it comes to acting. Because I definitely was one of those ones looking at Tom Cruise like, brother, you wild. But I'm going to watch you slide across this dance floor. But I don't know if this is good. <laughs> I don't know if this is good. The actor who played Julian's friend. Okay, his name is Gary. Leroy Where is he Gray? from? I see he's familiar. Yeah. He was so good. I, I immediately, like, w- when they started walking down the street, when they had the conversation where they're laying down, he's kind of smoking. <laughs> I think he was, like, smoking weed. And uh, and we find out very quickly that that he's gay. Um, I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, on IMDb, it says he's 
He was in Even Stevens. Maybe that's what Hold you on. remember. He's from. been the voice of AJ on the Fairly Odd Parents <laughs> from 2002 to 2013. He just was oh, the wow. voice. He did Rocket Power. This is a, car- a cartoon that. Yeah, but <laughs> I, that's why we know him. Oh, okay. Like he was in a lot of shows that we watched when we were young growing up. Oh, he was Cosby in, Fresh. He Prince, was in um the Cosby Singled show. Out Family Matters. Good goodness, dude. <laughs> yeah, the Weird Al show, and then even Stevens is probably where we remember him from the most Not bro- Fairly um, odd parents. so yeah he was a child actor anyway that makes sense he because he was like he brought you know a couple of these actors brought like a lot of experience clearly to the roles and like really helped which is again so true of so many you know hollywood especially the other thing is it's not even just like fi- like films in hollywood that get like money and stuff and like and like a mass appeal like we're i'm also talking about films that get like oscar you know academy award buzz that are just like mm-hmm. you know very new and like and and they clearly have some flaws in them but people are just like no what it's the, what they're trying to say is interesting um i also thought maybe it's too early for this conversation but i i was thinking a lot, i don't know if you guys saw the movie boy erased so that was with um it it was with nicole kidman um uh russell crowe and then that the kid who was um he was. He's been in a bunch of movies. Uh, oh, he's um, like, Lucas. He's like the poor man's Timothy Chalamet. Lu- Lucas. <laughs> uh, he's good. He's good. I'm sorry. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I just feel like. I just feel like that. No, Lucas Hedges. That's right. He. He is good. He's in. He's, he's in, in a, every indie. It's like him and Timothy. Yeah. Like they. They love. Did you just call Lucas Hedges the poor man. I just feel <laughs> like Chalamet. they were both. I feel like they were both in uh, Lady Bird, but like Timothy Chalamet got a lot more attention. Yeah. and I was like, they were both because in basically, it. Basically, my, my theory anyway. about that too is, and it kind of goes, I think, to black actors as well. I think who is more marketable? Like Timothy, you can put on a red carpet. Like right now randomly i don't follow gossip sites but i know timothy is dating a really attractive actress whereas like i think lucas can be considered boring because he doesn't do the most you know i feel like a lot of times if you translate that to like black actors like watching this movie i thought about the cast of moonlight and even we reviewed moonlight um we were comparing at least i was trying to compare like timothy chalamet to like um ashton and people like that and the fact that like before Call Me By Your Name had officially been nominated for an Oscar, Timothy had three movies lined up, whereas Ashton had none at the time. And to me, Ashton was phenomenal in Moonlight. Like, Middle Eight Chiron is one of the best goddamn performers I've ever seen, but, like, he didn't have the same opportunities, and he still doesn't even now. And I feel like maybe because, like, one is being black, but also people have to have an interest in who you are in, like, your real life a little bit sometimes. And I think Timothy, people just... Like knowing what the hell that little like what he's doing like what is he doing he had the mall he had the pool where he going today so that's my theory on that. oh god but right well I I brought up Boy Race specifically because I was like this was a movie about um it was basically about gay conversion therapy like mm. the like this he's he's the son of a pastor they find out that their son is gay and so they send him to like a gay conversion like camp or whatever um you know which is like this real thing that happened to a lot of people um but the movie was like so so invested in the trauma which is like what we were saying up top and Mm. and i remember being like okay but like is this like this movie like has like 
it, it wants you to like sh- it wants to show you how awful everything is um and there are like little moments here and there but it, it was like overall like a very like i don't know there's some and we talk about this a lot too we talk about this with sla- like slavery movies where it's like there's like it's not like you want to hide this stuff, but there's a weird obsession with it that doesn't quite feel right. Mm. Um, and then the fact that like Joel, Joel Edgerton is the person who like wrote and directed this movie. Who's just a straight white, white man. I'm just like, okay, so this movie gets all the acclaim. It gets, it, you know, it's rotten tomato score is very good. It got campaign for the Oscars. So I don't think it won anything, but it like, you know, like had all that, like they get all that red carpet kind of thing and stuff. And then a movie like this is just panned by the critics who saw it for some reason. And then like, gets no real attention. Um, and nobody talks about that kind of story, which I don't know. It just, it really you, bothered you know, me. It's, it's so <laughs> interesting. It. What you're saying, John is so, I just watched this disclosure on Netflix last night. It's a documentary, um, about, uh, being queer and trans um, in media, Tran- and, yeah, and they yeah, talk yeah. and they hearing you said it, they talk honestly about exactly what you're saying right now. They're like, you know, there's so many movies where you know a straight cis white male actor in particular gets to play a queer person and gets awarded for it because oh god, what's the exact? They're yes, so brave. And, and, They're and they so even, brave. And they even have a line, and I, I, I sorry if I'm, I'm I'm butchering it, but it's like it shows that. Um, gayness and, and queerness um, is pretty in a facade. If like they were saying, because like usually it's, like put, it's on. put on. So they're like usually if you see um, a white male actor, if he's playing a person who is gay or transgender, he's extremely pretty. Like when when he's in the male movie, and they brought up Jared Leto in particular because apparently that character was not even a part of the actual story of um, Dallas Buyers Club. And they're like when he showed up. When he had the beard and he looked a little masculine, they were like, "See, this is what it is. It's like you can go from um, being this, this, this brave, masculine actor who puts on uh, uh, a role as a very feminine, um, trans or, or queer person, and then it's like it just makes it feel fake because it, they said it's like any straight man can go, oh, my friend is just playing a part. That's like that's not real. My friend's just playing a part, and it's so easier for the straight male actor to do it." than to have an actual trans actor play that part because for some reason the trans actor playing the part makes it feel different like well specifically i think like the thing that they were talking about was like if a trans actor played the part they would be a trans woman in the part Mm -hmm. and then when the movie ends they're still a trans woman so there isn't this i this there isn't this image that's going out to the public of being like it was really a, a man dressed up as mm. a woman the whole time. And it's like, no, this was just a trans woman. Like, or, or if it was a, you know, a gay man, it's like, Oh, it, this was really just a straight person who just like decided to choose to be gay for this role. And now he's, they're really poor to talk about it, that. It kinda, they were saying like subconsciously reinforcing this idea of like, like it's a choice kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which was an interesting. Hey man, Billy, yo, people yeah. at home, uh, Actors Roundtable, I think it was last year, Billy Porter's at this table with a bunch of straight white dudes, and he's going in about how it's hard for um, gay actors to get a job playing straight, but for a straight actor to play gay, they get an award. And Billy is on the panel with three dudes who legit, I think, one had actually won an award for playing a gay character, and he's looking them all in the eye while he's saying it. And I'm like, yo, this is so real because... 
I even feel weird now, like when certain auditions come up where I'm like, I feel like, did y'all reach out to, did you try? I think that's my question for a lot of times. It's like, are people actually trying to cast actors that um, reflect the actual movie they're trying to present? Because I think the one thing I learned from that disclosure movie is they're like, yeah, a lot of time the focus is a person is playing trans or playing gay. Whereas like, if you had a person who was actually trans, they're just playing what the actual character is, which is a person who may be sad or dealing with drugs or like whatever that is. There's not this extra layer of a straight person playing what they think is um, trans or gay. So, yeah. You know, that's interesting because, um, you know, as an actor, you as a as an actor who's gay, you have some choices going into the business. You can completely be yourself and like at all times live in your truth you can kind of have your life be very very private and you never talk about relationships or family or sexuality you're still living your life the way you know you know at least you know in some sort of capacity where you're living in your truth but at work and in things like when you go in the casting does not know you're gay the director might not know you're gay you don't talk about it and if they ask you sidestep it and then there's this option of i'm going to do the whole thing i'm going to get married to a friend and like put on this facade that i am not mm. and then do things like you know secretly to right. you know sort of fulfill my needs so casting directors a lot of times don't know who is, you know, uh, like if, if they can even call you because it's not like a question you can ask, mm -hmm, right? right? Mm -hmm. um, because then it would, you get into discrimination laws and that kind of thing. Um, but I have to say, yeah, they do reach out. Um, I know that like in New York for me, there's some casting directors, um, they know I'm gay. Um, I'm just myself when I go into, mm -hmm. you know, auditions and, you know, um, will tongue pop and, you know, do whatever. They've cast me as straight many times, but when there's gay roles that come up, they always have me in. And I see when I go into the waiting room that there are other gay actors there that I know. I also sometimes see that there are these straight actors in there that I know. And I'm like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> uh... <laughs> You know this is my part. Go on. Uh, that is honestly that is yeah. that is I, I I will be truthfully honest. That is one of the most anxiety written things for me because I think I am that straight male actor that gets a lot of the the gay auditions. Um, and like after watching that interview with Billy Porter, it is a thing that I will battle with a lot. Like I, and it's not even because I don't feel comfortable. It's like I just don't want to go in if. If this part should be given to someone else, I do think we live in a time now where representation really, really matters. And as a black dude, if I'm yelling for representation that looks like me, it feels weird to go in and take a part that if it is a gay part and they didn't even audition uh, a gay actor, that this thing feels weird because it feels like it's just a different type of discrimination that we somehow just don't talk about as often as we may talk about race or... or um, gender wise like um so it's like what you're saying i've been yeah. that dude in the waiting room and it, i have been terrified because it's like i don't want to disrespect nobody but they were like i man i have felt that heat of being in that room and i'm like i don't i don't want this smoke at all <laughs> and i hear you because at the same time you're like 
but I still want to audition for straight parts. Don't discriminate against me and think right. that I can't play a straight role. But mm -hmm. here I am, like looking, giving side eye to the straight guys <laughs> auditioning for the gay part, right? So you can't have it both yeah. ways, in a sense. Uh, you have to hope, I guess, it's not on the actor, it's mm. on the casting, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you know, to say, like, you know, let's let's be let's try at least to find somebody who we think is you know authentic but if the best actor comes in and does it right fine it's yeah just, a lot of times we feel like did they look i don't think they yeah looked. yeah right. and and it's for me it's like two different things because it's like since sexuality is something that you like technically can't know until like somebody tells you right um but it's something that people assume and put on people because there there are like these stereotypes that are like if because of hollywood honestly like you have like there's only one type of gay person that was shown to the masses for so long which is very flamboyant mm -hmm. like you know somebody uh who has and there's nothing wrong with that it's just that if you're only showing one type then people are like oh this type of person who acts this way is gay even if there are straight people who act similar ways or there are gay people who don't act in those ways. Right. And, and you have that kind of thing. And then when you have that stereotype put in place, when a gay person comes into a role, a, a, a gay actor, openly gay actor comes into audition for a role. If you, if the casting is only looking at them and going, well, they can only do this kind of thing. So I don't believe that they can play straight. I don't believe that they can play this other type of thing and automatically discounting their, acting ability uh before they even see it um and so those type those actors aren't getting the roles then it feels worse when like prominent straight actors get get to play roles of gay men um but it's not true the other way around mm. you know what i mean that's what i always say it's like if it's not true the other way around then it doesn't feel and not that it is it, it it's getting better it's just that there's so you know, it's like it used to be like if somebody was like, like there there were only certain roles that people can play and like people had to, it, they had to go stealth, right? They had to like try to like not talk about it too much mm -hmm. because there was all these preconceived notions that... That's still, yeah. that's still now. That's I right. mean, I work with people in the Broadway industry because, you know, if we're being real, it's not like in the, you know, in, in the socialization of being a black man in America, you're ever encouraged to live your truth and you know be gay if that's how you feel, which is another way that I thought this movie was fantasy. Mm -hmm. And uh, you meet and see people who are those incredibly altruistic, like always smiling, light of Jesus people inside of them who are so gay mm -hmm. and yet married and having a baby and who am i to tell you like how to live your life but it's still a symptom that actors struggle with this fear and i'm not like i know those actors who are in the closet who've made this choice and there's this fear that i will not get the opportunity that i want in this life and being uh, a successful actor is more important to me than having the kind of sex I want to have or, you know, being representing who I want to be in this life. And you have to make 
you know, some choices about that. Um, and uh, so it's not at all a thing of the past. Mm. Right. Um, and it's not as though suddenly it is like easy to be, you know, gay in this industry and work as much as you want. I mean, it's not even easy to be light skinned right. as uh, uh, an actor or mixed race because everything is done in archetype, right? Everything is done in in like representation. And if I'm coming in for Scottsboro Boys on Broadway, I'm sorry, you're just not black enough mm. for this part. They're going to be like, why is it eight Scottsboro Boys and one Puerto Rican? Mm. <laughs> and not like acknowledging <laughs> that there have been pe- black people of all shades since... Slave masters started yeah. going in on, on their <laughs> yeah. slaves, right? I yeah. mean, that has existed, and those divisions have existed since then, too, where they pit the light-skinned ones against the dark-skinned ones and make us feel like, well, your opportunities come at my expense. Um, and, you know, you talk about the birth of um, of black representation in theater uh, from the minstrel shows and, you know, the turn of the 20th century, um, and it, it was this focus on authenticity in blackness right. and w- it, and how African you can be to be that real representation of what is black, not this, you know, di- diluted thing that is not the real black experience, or at least that's how it's perceived. I've had people in entertainment. I've had um, a lot of people who have come to me and said, you know, you have had such a much easier time in this business because of your color. And I'm like, are you joking? (laughs) Like, do you know how many times I've walked into rooms and felt so embarrassed to walk in and be like the only light-skinned guy in the room going in for this part? And I know the directors are not looking for me, but how do you have that conversation with your representation? How do you have that conversation with casting? They don't want to have it. Right. Right. And they can't tell your agents, oh, he's not the right color Mm. for this. Right. That's a lawsuit. Mm. So you get caught as an actor in this thing where you still have to go because casting called you in and you don't want to turn them down. They'll stop calling you in and you go in and the director looks at you and he goes, "Okay, what have you got for us today? And you want to crawl into the floor and die because it's like it doesn't matter what i do i have wasted hours of my life (laughs) it's preparing for this preparing for this coming in looking right and the embarrassment of everybody in the room going like what are you doing here god so uh it's real that exists for real just and yes we are in a time of representation we've got legendary we've got pose we've got hamilton on broadway right Mm -hmm. But of all of those musical theater actors from the original company off-Broadway in the workshop, I am the only out gay man the o- and, and of color in Broadway. Damn. Wow. Damn. That's it. That, that actually is great. Damn. I didn't even think about that. That's so true. I think about that. I, I, I do think about that because just we do movies all the time. Like, I think about Damn. how few, truly how few, like, Le- are, uh, leading black gay men openly gay men are there in Hollywood like it's so like we said we we d- Tyler Perry <laughs> he had to write it he had to write it right he's not getting yeah. cast uh you know in some you know movie like that 
uh, and how many leading like men of color who are gay are playing straight roles out there. Right. Like it's the sassy black sidekick. Exactly. It is snapping and popping, and that's who you are. That's what we like to see in America. Everybody needs their sassy gay friend, and like, you know, and their life is complete. To see like a masculine representation of a gay male or someone who takes himself seriously, um, that's threatening at times. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's. That's so interesting because I can't even think of, there, as I'm thinking now, even trying to Google, I really can't think of like a mainstream black actor the only gay actor i know that seems to be out and kind of can do whatever part he wants is neil patrick harris i'm looking at neil and even looking at when he actually came out uh it was after he was already on how i met your mother so it's like after the show already became a hit and i'm just assuming just reading right now Right, and he played like a famous like yeah it's role. like then yeah. it was enough safety to come out and i'm just like wow it because even in disclosure, there was there was there's an actress, and I'm gonna look her name up, who um told nobody Laverne no, Tom. not even Laverne. Oh, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I she she saying. never yeah, said yeah, anything yeah. for her entire career that she was um transgender until recently. And I just wonder how many athletes like that are they who don't feel comfortable? How many like actors who don't feel comfortable? Because I mean Oh, athletes. I mean, so it's got I mean, I like mean, it's got <laughs> it's crazy to think about. I mean, it's gotta be because there's right. no th- there's no way yeah. there's no superstar athlete. I'm talking about like a, there's no way there's no superstar athlete who over the history of sports has not been gay. And it's just like, it must be a protection thing because the world hasn't changed as right. much as we hoped it would have. Or a part of the queer community in some yeah. aspect. It's like, I mean, we don't even have, it's like, there are no, there are no openly um, gay men who are, I think currently on like an NFL roster there are no openly gay men. I'm 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 pretty sure I'm correct. Who who are on NBA roster? Like like it's it's hidden. Even what's his name? He played for the Nets. He was a center for the Nets. He like came out like basically right when he was about to yeah. retire. Uh, um, and he was like a starting Nets center. Uh, Jason, I forgot his last name, but um, and it was just like, and they talk and they and they talk about it when they come out. They're like, yeah, it's like it's still not. Like, we're so far. (laughs) I've been in Broadway shows where the men in the ensemble won't change until I've left the room. Wow. And that's Broadway. Can you imagine what it would be like for a gay athlete in the locker room culture, in pro sports, to experience that? I mean, and look what goes on in college ball. I mean... We see these hazings and these sodom, yeah. sodomy things yeah. with brooms and this stuff that happens because it's part of that culture. It's a, we are like we're a long way. Long I mean, way. and it's so crazy. It's not, yeah, it's so even true. thinking about high school. And I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but like not my year, but what the seniors would do when I was in high school to I guess haze freshmen is they would chase a freshman down the hallway and just dry hump them. And these are like. The super masculine like football players, but that was the thing. It's crazy. Like that was that that was a legit. You could be I could be talking to you guys right now, and someone could just run into my screen. Like like that's how crazy it was. But these are like the 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 quarterbacks, the linebackers, the people who like had the super hot cheerleader girlfriend, and that was just a thing they did to freshmen to like. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, you know, interesting that you bring this up, right? Because one of the things I loved about this film and something that I guess I didn't feel like I knew when I was a kid, or at least it wasn't in my worldview as liberal as my mother was, was that there is a world that exists between like 100% straight and 100% gay. That kids growing up feel all kinds of different feelings about all kinds of different people. And that it is confusing because like my first sexual experience you know, which was still very, very like, um, you know, like PG happened with a girl. And then when I started feeling thoughts about guys, I was like, wait, how can this be? Because I felt this other way. And so, wait, I think thoughts about guys and only gay guys think that. So now I'm trapped. I'm only gay. And I didn't know there was this middle ground. And one of the things that I loved about this film as one, as a, you know, sort of like, a coming of age tool for kids these days is that there are no clear answers. You have to kind of like figure out what your truth is, that it's not a hard left or a hard right. And, um, and uh, the, the lines are often blurred. There are like football jocks out there who like have these desires right. that don't like stay in line with what they represent as an archetype yeah, yeah and i i i a thing in line with that that i that i really liked was like when when uh when the main character's boy, boyfriend marshall when marshall was like are you he was like are you gay yet and then he but he's his response <laughs> was line. well well i know that i'm not straight. not straight and i thought that that was like i was like yeah like you know, he doesn't know if he's gay yet, but he knows he's not straight. He knows like, oh, I'm not I, I definitely am not into this. I thought I thought that was that was a really cool acknowledgement. Yeah. yeah. I also um read a lot about on, you know, in some of these reviews and heard this thing. And I agree with you. I did feel in a sense that that older gay character was a little mm-hmm. creepy, right? In in the film, like the way, you know, but that's a real person. Like, yes, that's how some people are socialized. And with their confidence, that's the way they know how to be. However, he was only like a little, I think, like three years. Yeah, he was, older tw- than he this was kid. exactly. He was 21 and and, and he was in college, you know, are have arrested mm-hmm. development like no other. We do not get to experience and experiment in the way that we want to at an early age, we have to hide it. And it's, you can't just tell your friend when you're 14, you know, like, Hey, I kind of think you're hot. Do you want to like do something the way girls and boys are encouraged to send each other notes and have dates and go steady. And so what ends up happening is like you get older and you still haven't had all these experiences and you feel like an adolescent uh, in in some ways. So I kind of felt that that was actually very truthful that there is a 21-year-old character who sees this, you know, kid who's in high school and feels like they're still sort of on the same level of, you know, their journey in what they're going mm. through. I, I, I agree. Like, it's like... <laughs> I also think the intro of that character, because See? of the way that it was intro, oh, you know what I mean? Like there was like, <laughs> you think this like rape is about to happen and you're like, oh my God, no. And then they're like scene and it's like they're acting out a scene. You're like, whoa, thank you. 
Thank God, because right. that was intense. Also, I was like, what and audition like, is this? But, <laughs> yeah, what audition? I know, it was like so, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyway, so. They and, were fully and, off book, no uh, script. <laughs> yeah. The mad scripts in there. Which, honestly, I got to say, this director, like, uh, the writer, like, they, I, it felt so intentional the way they were playing on the tropes mm-hmm. and thinking, yeah. yes. making you think they were going to do the yeah. trope and then, like, switched yes. it. Like, yes. It was so. One like, of the things we, I loved was, like, watching an episode of Strangers yeah, with Candy yes. or something. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and it's funny, in that scene when they, he starts to go for it and it's like, it gets very uncomfortable and you think, oh my God, this kid just took him yeah. back to the back and now we're watching a movie about like how mm. this kid like has been, you know, raped or right. whatever. And then I'm like, wait, no, this has to be either another dream sequence or this is like, you know, part of the audition. And then my husband's sitting there next to me and he's like, oh God, no, this is real. <laughs> this is real. And then mm. it's not, right? right. And... And in that moment, we were both like, you better act, boy. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Got me. Yo. Got us. Yeah. Right? And that was a moment of like, all right, you, you like, I have to believe in you a little bit because you just went from that super altruistic thing to like real sexual abuse. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the thing that I liked about keeping with this character, the Marshall character, was I I fully felt the same way. It felt like it was like, oh man, this dude is like this dude's feeling creepy. And it's because he doesn't know how to Yeah. He like kind of knows how to do do this flirting thing, but he's like putting on a little too much. And he but when he was in the car and he was like he acknowledged like oh, man, I uh, you know, he was like kind of joking, but like kind of not. He was like, I feel I like I'm going to hell because I I'm in love with like a high schooler and you know. Yeah. But he was mm-hmm. always he was always respectful and he never he never actually crossed any you know what i mean even to the point where it was it he felt like oh this is the moment and this was much later on in the movie like oh i can kiss him now and i kissed him and he felt the little pull back and he pulled away immediately and was like oh my god i'm so sorry you know um and then he and then you know then they actually got to kiss but like they that that moment i was just like yeah man i i you know cuz they're what yeah they're like three they were probably like three to four years apart which like in a lot of states like they recognize that like kids mm-hmm. that close it's like a little different you know you're in college he's a senior in high school but like you were saying um like that's a re- i mean that's a real thing for straight for straight kids too that happens all the time like it's like you don't there are some people mature faster than others and and also like they're both they both we're figuring things out like yeah. you could yeah. tell like, and I, I, mean, I like yeah. that he acknowledged yeah. that he like acknowledged like when I was you I was in worse yeah. shape I was in like, worse shape I didn't I really didn't yeah. know what to do you know and it felt like you know a- after he said that I mean it, we, it was already several scenes later but it seemed like you could tell like looking back like oh right like he's been tr- you know trying to be very respectful of of what he's going through and like and is going to be as patient as as possible when i was um when i was that age when i was gosh in middle school i had a best friend um and i wasn't super popular uh at all by any means and um i mean i was that kid who like went home from school one day because he was bullied so bad and um but I had this best friend who was like cool and good looking and, you know, I was overweight and he was like had this, you know, great body and super funny. I was so in love with him and I 
was so obsessed with hiding it that, you know, I never would have said anything. And we lost touch after ninth grade. I didn't uh, get to talk to him again. And then because of Hamilton, he found me on social media and got back in touch and told, you know, after we'd been talking a little bit, he's like, I've never told anybody about this. You're the only person I'm going to tell this to. I um, am gay and I've never acted on it. And, you know, he's like, I, I, you know, I like sex with women, but like when I was a kid, like I wanted so badly to like do something with you, but I thought because you were so, you know, good in school and that you would like have a bad reaction. And I never said anything to you. Meanwhile, in those same moments, I'm like, oh, God, I wish this guy would just like kiss me or reach out or, you know, do something. And meanwhile, he is hooking up with all of our friends. (laughs) And I'm like, you made me wait till I was 26. Hilarious. (laughs) Like... What? That, that um, is, wow. And so like I that fear of like even a kid that you think, you know, this kid's got to be gay when you know, when you're a kid, there's this fear of what you're going to get when you open that box. Are you going to get like a horrible reaction and a fight? Are you going to end this friendship forever? So, uh, you know, that that character of that kid who's like trying to be real um you know, uh, like easy going, like I got this, you know, I teach you the ropes, but he still has that fear inside him too, of like, what'll happen if I kiss you, what'll happen if I hold your hands. That is so real. And Ugh. that, that's, yeah, that's so crazy. I was just telling my partner last night. I was like, the, the thing that's super scary is that there's, there is no way because when they don't teach kids, especially boys, I, I think they don't teach kids about sex in an appropriate way, period. Um, in American school systems, but also they don't teach people how to explore just to figure out your life. Like I, to me, one of the, the saddest moments is, is, you know, when our teammate Ray told me three and a half years afterwards that he was gay. And the reason he didn't tell me is because we hung out so much. And he stayed at my house a lot that he would be scared that I would never let him like stay over um, again. And in my mind, I remember when he said it, I remember almost being offended quickly being like, what the, what the fuck are you talking? Like instantly being mad. Like, why would you, it's been three and a half years, dude. You stayed at my house many times. Like, this is yeah. crazy. But then when he talks about in detail of being, uh, you know, black, which America hates, being gay, which black people hate, you know what I mean? It's just like, he's like, I was the mm-hmm. things that everybody disliked. And there is no kind of what you're uh, saying. Cindy, it's like, there's no way knowing of what you would have done. And I'm like, I, I, yeah, I guess I get that. And it's, it's crazy. Cause this, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. That's the movie. Yeah. That's what I love. That's why I actually really loved the movie that they had the father character mm-hmm. react a different oh, way because yeah. you saw you saw both the reality of like what can happen and what could happen and what sometimes does happen, which is like a per- a person is like they understand. They're like, okay, well, you know, you know, if, if you are like I the and the conversation of like God doesn't God doesn't make mistakes. You know, they have these Bible verses that come out throughout the movie. And I was telling my wife, like, I I could see the director intentionally putting in these verses, which I was so familiar with because it was like, these are verses that are said over and over again. Specifically, people reference them within sexuality. They're all, and, and so they make you think 
it makes you think that all these verses are about this, even though they're actually, they're taking out of context and they're all these different ways. But it's like, every time you hear it, it's like, God will not tempt you more than you can bear. You know what I mean? You know, like keep the faith, fight, fight long. At the end, there will be a reward. Like, you know, there's all these things of like, he's like saying them in his head. And then we get to like, God is, God is love. Whoever does not know love does not know God, you know? Um, and, and him coming to this acceptance of like, oh, I don't have to lose my faith and lie about who I am. You know what I mean? Like if I, and, and, and you could feel the whole time, like, and, and the father was so, it's like the friends helped for sure. Like the Mm -hmm. friends were like, Hey, just so you know, you know, and that was, and that was cool. But then the, it was really this father figure that, that he got to have that had a different reaction and it didn't make the mother's reaction any less traumatic. Like, like it was still like awful and scary and you were scared for his life and you were scared for what was going to happen. But like, I, but to have the, the father have a different reaction, it was like, okay, there was a different, there's a different reality that you can live. You don't have to accept this one. I loved I really loved the scene where um where the when the dad says, you know, are you ta- are you talking are you praying about it? Well, maybe you don't know how to listen. Like maybe you don't mm-hmm. are you the only you've one been telling been all like, the yeah, talking? I'm praying. Yeah, you've been all I loved that because I, you know, I, I have a I have a close friend who who tried to pray the gay away, mm-hmm. like who tried to and and every time this this came up in the movie, I was like, man, it's it felt so real. And, and, you know, stories of the dreams, like him having these, these wet dreams over and over again. And then him sort of being like, wait a minute, why, like, if this is such a big part of my life, then maybe that is God telling me to, you know, instead of it being like, it is wrong, it, that is God's, that's the, that's God telling you do this, you know, I thought I that was, that. I loved that. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, and one of the other things I read in these like rabid reviews about like how the film tried to do too much and it was so confused and like just, you know, I loved how ambitious it was. Mm -hmm. I loved that about the film and it fit into the sort of this like fantasy genre for me. And I loved the, for instance, the mechanism of giving him these visions, right? Right. These prophecies, these these visions of prophet, (laughs) prophecy, because you kind of figure like, Am I in a horror film? You know, it right. was done in a way that was creepy. And you're like, wait, what film? Where is this film going? Because, like, I really do feel like it could go down any path at any moment and I have to go along with it. But what it's setting up is that of all of these people who are religious people who are telling him that he's that what he's doing is wrong and that it has to be, you know, that he has to pray that away. Meanwhile, he is the only one who is truly experiencing a, a, a communion with God because yeah. he is that vessel for premonition. And, um, and it really, that uh, made at least, you know, when Monique's character, like, seemingly, like, switches on a dime when the white boyfriend is in the home there at the end. It mm-hmm. gave that more of a path of it, of believability and acceptance, because if religion is where she went for truth and answers, and, you know, that I lost my child because of your sin, clearly that's what's going on, then it can be equally as clear 
in our fantasy world at mm-hmm. least right. that if the child comes back and now my son who I have you know who clearly had this premonition in front of me while I'm trying to you know pray the gay away with him in a church he comes back in here now that's another sign that's another sign that God is love and that I have to accept this mm-hmm. right i mean it, yeah like that the yeah. one of the stories I just went through the one part that in a movie that took me by surprise that I liked is just uh, when Isaiah, when the dad is telling the son about when he made out with a dude and he's trying to make him feel better, he's like, he's like, yeah, man, you know, I did it. You know, it was a little, a little rougher than I thought it was gonna be, but 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 oh, I did yeah, it. You yeah. know, and he was so come by. He's like, what about mom? Mom, no, she dared me to do it. <laughs> she won't tell you, but she dared me. It was something about that conversation because, again, this dad had that kind of hyper masculine energy but under the roots of it was super understanding so much so that he drove his son's gay friend across oh lord the state to to go to a doctor like i i mean my goodness yo he said in the in the waiting room he said how long y'all been friends no how long y'all been friends? friends. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he's like, we're not that. We're not. And I love that the friend said he's not gay because he's protecting his friend. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like he, that friend cared so much about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was so, oh, and, and the, one of the last things I'll say is like, there was so much intentional, um, like blackmail touch. Mm-hmm. Like there was so much intentional hugs and hand holding and it wasn't always romantic mm-hmm. some of it was like friendly some of it was you know par- parental like they had they it was like very intentional of like hey let's like let us take away this stigma mm-hmm. of like black men touching each mm-hmm. other there's so much homophobia you know it, within the black community that it's like that to see that was like a radical choice yeah. you know which is crazy yeah. it was like i'm just, I'm just for two men to hug <laughs> <laughs> i'm remembering when we reviewed um the preacher's wife and there's like that scene where the two boys they hold hands and then just run across the street right and like that was like what yeah. <laughs> like yeah. these yeah. two little boys they're they're kids it's like it's not romantic it's not anything but it was such a like i've never seen that like <laughs> in something this movie made me feel like a kid again and like made me like confusing memories like rush back you know like if you're you know gay and haven't seen this like oh do yourself a favor and watch it because like there was you know when um the uh uh the character the 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 jock kind of you know right. character yes um uh does things like kisses him on right you know the, the under the air and you and like that feels that can feel like now really is this you know this is like this isn't real when i was at camp there was a guy who I, I mean, he was like a jock. He was like super popular. He was an amazing singer. All the girls were after him. And he decided I was his best buddy. And we did everything together. And I couldn't really believe that um, as this like overweight, like lisping, you know, kid. And, um, and I remember he was trying to get with this girl who was my friend. And we walked her back together over to the um, like girl's side of the camp in the woods. And we got there and he was like, come on, come on, just give me a kiss. Just give me a kiss. And she's like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, just give me a kiss. And she's like, no, I'm going. Bye. And he's like, all right, well, then I'm going to kiss Sydney. And he grabbed me and kissed me right on the mouth. 
I was so confused about that wow. for, and that's, you know, for I, I, after camp, I never talked to that guy again. I don't know what happened to him. I was so confused about that for so long. I was like, how could he do that if he didn't have feelings for me? What does that mean? Mm, right. And seeing if I had a movie like mm. this to watch at that age, it could have like given me a little more frame of reference for this isn't something completely unusual. Right. This is, you know, why don't you ask him? Why don't you explore? Why don't you be more honest with your friends? Maybe they can help, right? Um, and that, which is a part of the film that I just think is essential. We need a catalog of films like this so that people who have these questions, who are living this experience, can experience their lives with more ease. Movies teach us so much about how to live our life. Mm -hmm. Theater is showing humanity its reflection so that you can have a catharsis in rep watching somebody else go through something. Right. And now you understand yourself better. That's the power of it. So yeah. that's why I feel like this kind of film is essential and it really like bothers me that like it's rotten tomato score it's yeah. like you they it's like I'm they want to yeah. bury it it right. is an example of systematic homophobia and by an extension racism um within the gay community and um and i just want it like i want it re-released yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly yes. no, that's, yeah. I, it's true because it goes through so it's there's so much there like and we and we never necessarily get like a full answer about that specific character, which is real, right? Like right. so many people, right. you'll, you'll never actually, know. you don't know, yeah. you know, like what was, you know, was he, you know, is he bi? Is he is he straight? Is he gay? We don't fully know, and and kids will never fully know when you're going through it. But it was like a real thing that was happening. Um, I loved the different shades of, I loved like how many different black character like were in this movie that were circling around queerness and we were trying to under you know what i mean like it was yes. so nice to not have to all put on one person you know um we, yeah we just we need more films like this uh and the the other thing that was so funny was like this whole thing you know and this was kind of like left left alone but like they had this whole play they're like their their teacher tells them they're right. going to do Romeo and Juliet. Like, fine, you guys want to put on a play? You have to do Romeo and Juliet. And they're like, well, we want to like shake things up. So we're going to have a, a gay Romeo and Juliet, for which I'm sure there's been productions of, but I've never seen a major production. I'm Not like, no Catholic hey, why has it? I don't know. Maybe has right. there been? Do you? I don't know, like I've I've never seen like a Broadway production or a no. And why? And why was and well and why suddenly in those scenes were those two actors? Like amazing, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. actors. Yes. Like I was like, oh, these kids yes. can act. It's it's trying to put on these, um, you know, sort of this religious archetype that maybe is a little ill fitting on these kids who are willing to do this film, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so you kind of have to, you know, go there. Um, but man, like suddenly in those scenes, I'm like riveted at how good Julian is with this Shakespearean verse and how real that feels. And I also loved that they brought up when they bring that up in the movie, like they're going to do this 
you know, version that it, of Romeo and Juliet that's really going to like, you know, stick it in the nose of this uh, principle. That's not at all the like thrust of the film. You think that's yes. where we're going, and yeah, the, right, right, and it's just like, yeah, we're gonna use that as character development and as like you know a way to motivate plot, but it is not about this. Don't think you know what this film is because yeah. you don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it, it's just funny because I think about this and like, I know we always say representation matters, but the fact of the matter is that if I think about gay films with a black male lead in the last 20 years i was trying to look it up there's two prominent ones uh, this being one of them moonlight being another i had never heard of this film as a matter of fact so much so that when i started looking it up if you go on roku and type in blackbird the image of um the the young boy in the in the school uniform will pop up but when you go to any of the free apps that have it they all click on another movie that came out in 2019 called Blackbird about a white boy who's about to shoot up a school. So I had the same experience looking for this it's film. It's like it was the hardest wow. thing to find. It's hard uh, to find. But it's but but to me that's so telling because it man, it is a thing. I do think it's a Hollywood thing, but I kind of think it's a black community thing too, where it's like we Man, I think we're always taught to be tough. I think that's the one thing. I think like men are taught to be tough. I think black men are taught to be extra tough because again, America doesn't like you. And I think with that toughness, sometimes uh, 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 homosexuality is seen as weakness. You know, I think like homosexuality, like therapy, all is seen as weakness, things you can't have. So to see this movie, it is hard for me to think about a world where like, it is so scarce to have a movie about black queer life, especially knowing Again, I've been watching Pose and a lot of docs recently. Just been, 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 it's been a bit of a month. But to know that there's been such a strong black queer base, especially in New York City, since the 70s, to only start hearing about it like recently in main, main, mainstream media, it feels like it's being silenced for a reason. And I personally can't figure out exactly how to fix it. Like it, it, it seems like one of those things where like you need more people, more black people to greenlight projects that are more open. But when I look at a lot of black projects that are even coming out right now in the pipeline, it is still slavery stuff, man. It is still police brutality stuff. It is still stuff that we have seen. The same stuff that we get mad about white people making is still the stuff that are being greenlit. Again, I will bring it up until the cows come home. Realize going to be mad. I say this every time. I don't understand a runaway slave movie <laughs> being, being the highest selling movie like of 2020 so far. I just don't understand it. And I'm not sure the world is ready to fix anything until we're able to hold people accountable of like, hey, if we have money to change shit, maybe we should invest in something that isn't the same thing we've seen every day. Like this movie could have used maybe more money or maybe, again, the actors, whatever, they could have made more money for production. It could have been it could have been a way to make sure more people saw this movie and that it was hyped in a way that it needed to be if people invested in it. And I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just, it's just disheartening because I wonder even right now, will we see a move in the right direction, which is this direction? Or will we just be like, oh, I'm going to just show blackness in the way that we're used to seeing but blackness? It's, it's connected to so many things, though, right? Like, like you know, like it's it's not even just Hollywood. It's like, yeah. you know, like you, and you already said it, but like the black community already isn't isn't as accepting as it could be, right? Like, like it, we, we don't... Edu uh, we don't teach 
sex the right way in this country period like like we don't talk about it in the in people aren't open to talk about it it's like it's it's hidden it sex itself is hidden and taboo so then uh sex that is not under the like the mainstream like oh he- the heteronormative like yeah. <laughs> people are like oh that's <laughs> that's even more taboo you know like and then get be- because that's such a big problem it's like th- those are the same fights that people are having to get things made yeah man i mean look man i'm gonna just talk to hollywood man i'm gonna make it simple just open up your mind i I, it's so simple to say that kind of stuff but after watching disclosure and like even discussing this doc i mean this movie with you guys right now and knowing how i felt about it coming into it it's like there just needs to be a variety like it needs to be blackbird needs to be moonlight there needs to be 20 more different films for people to latch on to you know there needs to be oh my god a movie about uh, uh, a coming of age story for a girl that is not just a white girl that we've seen a numerous amount of times. It would be nice to see movies that's like, Coming By Your Name was such a good film, but also I think there are so many black men who experience that, so many men of color who experience that. And those movies never seem to get pushed to the forefront besides Moonlight. Moonlight was the diamond in the rough that people were like, oh, we finally see this. I'm going to put it on this pedestal. It just feel, It would be nice to see other people take chances. We do have enough, we have a few black directors and black production companies that I feel like could help push these things forward. And it'd be nice to know that if we can't depend on white Hollywood to do it, at least we know we will take care and make sure like all of our hours are seen. Like we will see more black trans people in movies. Like we will do our part because I think at this point now, we're just trying to make sure black faces are seen. And to me, that encompasses mm-hmm. the whole of everybody, not just the cis-normative world, you know? Yeah. I, um, I have done a couple characters on uh, episodics that um, are gay, and one of them was like a, a masculine former military character who is um, caught up in a, uh, a victim of a um, human trafficking uh, scheme. And so it was serious. Uh, and the director was black. And the amount of disrespect I had to put up with mm. for, I mean, I don't, we didn't have a conversation, so I doubt that he, I mean, I, he, he may make assumptions. He doesn't know anything about me, but like he wouldn't even call it my, call him the relationship, my husband, or, you know, you know, uh, you know, when I'm watching the body, uh, like being taken out of the building and I couldn't save him, he goes, uh, so, you know, we're going to be bringing your friend out. So, you know, just make sure you have like some sort of emotional reaction, you know, so when your friend and I, when he was directing the scene that we were kissing, it was like, he was so hands off and really almost like angry, um, that, uh, to be directing it, Mm. it didn't feel like I could do anything right. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I'm, you know, just experienced the devastation of having, you know, of not being able to save my husband and having him murdered and seeing the body. And so I felt like there's no deeper experience of devastation. And he's shouting out like during the scene, like, I mean, I, I knew he was going to be sad, but like, uh, are all of these tears necessary? And um, 
then, you know, one of my uh, uh, guest star counterparts who was also on the show in another storyline, who's playing a straight prison uh, character, who's kind of the villain, um, he's talking about this rapport he had with this director. And the guy came up to him, told him how great he was. And can I get your information? Because it was so great to work with you. And it was like, no, this, it's not going to get easier with, you know, a, a black director doing this because they are projecting their own um, insecurities on this. It's, and they're worried about how they seem in front of the crew that is all straight. And um, it's just, uh, are all I these tears like, necessary? You want the actor right? to get the tears. I, I know. What's it so was, and, and, and he's not talking to me. He's talking about me right. in the room rather than coming even to speak to me directly. And I know I'm not the only one who has these experiences um, and you can't complain about it. You just have to, because then you're a problem. So you just have to try and keep doing your best work in the way that you know how and the choices that you want to make. But I do think that the way forward, you know, you watch a movie like you know, um, Blair Witch, or you watch a movie like Rocky Horror Picture Show, those could have used more budget. Those could have used mm. better editing or better actors or something. But because they were this, you know, mm. phenomenon that people loved, those directors and producers, they all blew up and they get to do bigger projects because people get behind the film and they say, no, this is amazing. Whereas a film like this, that has all of that same potential, um, gets buried. Um, I, I think that we can't wait on uh, Hollywood to be more you know open. I think that gay black writers and directors, and there's a lot out there, and, uh, and actors, we have to write our own stories and we have to put them out there and keep like being um, you know uh, fighting for like representation in our way. Right. Yeah. Damn. Were you gonna say something, James? Yeah, just um just to Sydney's point about like the struggle that he had with the director. Um I I read it I read a quote from and, and this also connects to um uh gay actors that are that are not uh out or that are still struggling with like whether or not to be out in their career. Lee Daniels presented the director of this movie with an award in twenty twelve. And one of the things that he said was uh, this director has the balls to tell gay stories. And at the time, Lee was like, I don't have those. I don't have the balls mm. yet. Like, I don't have the balls to tell those stories yet. Like, it, Interesting. And, I, you know, I just feel like it It goes so deep. Like, it, like you know, it's not just the Hollywood problem. It's not just the Hollywood problem. It's, it's, right. yeah. it's everywhere. Um, all right, well... It is time for the cause. We rate and review films not based on how much we like them, but whether or not we feel like they help the cause of uh, more leading black actors in in Hollywood. Uh, so uh, our rating system is uh, if we f think it fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. If we think it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. And if we feel like it didn't help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. Uh, so on the count of three, we'll all lift up our ratings. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. Uh, James, you don't have to dance. You can just wait. One, the... <laughs> two, three. 
I'll oh. tell you why. I'll tell you why. Oh. We got three black fists and a white palm. Okay. I'll just start. I'll just start with my white book because I want I want to end on the positivity. The only reason I gave it a white palm has nothing to do with this film. It has to do with Hollywood. Uh, it's not fair, but it is what it is. This film, um, just like didn't do. Uh, it, it, it there was so much hope in this film, and I feel like um, it got snuffed out. But by, by Hollywood's just rejection of it by the by critics not supporting it as much, uh, um, by the fact that like the bigger actors in this movie had already started to be blacklisted by Hollywood in, 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 mm. in a certain way. It's kind of crazy how much like this film is called Blackbird and it's like, there's so many layers to that too, you know? Um, Monique, of course, is, some, is, a, is a, this incredible actress that everyone knows is incredible and yet hasn't been able to continue her career in a big way because people call her difficult and you know she she's she fought for what she was worth and at a time when people were like just be happy with what you have um uh and and so i just think about how you know this this and this uh the person who directed this also created um a show on on logo like and ha- like this is somebody who'd been working, but like they and I looked up like they they don't have that many projects in the works right now at all. Like I don't know if they're still going. It's just like it's so sad to see how um, unsupported this film was. So that's the only reason I gave Black uh, a white palm. But um, the film itself was ex- exceptional to me. Anyway, I let let you guys go. I gave it the fist because I'm just so happy it exists. Yeah. Um. As a young gay man, I had to search out and look in the stacks for the books, for the the movies, and for the things that related to me, and it almost made them more important to me. That it, it, it made me feel ownership of them because it wasn't some mainstream thing that I had to find it. And when you do find it, you're like, oh my God, somebody made this film for me. Um, some of my favorite films in, you know, in the catalog are things that have never, you know, that nobody knows about. Um, and in that sense, I just have to applaud them for making a film with actors who are controversial, giving them the opportunity to, you know, do something good. You know, I think maybe this was a, you know, something of a redemption attempt for, um, you know, uh, is it Isaiah uh, Washington? <laughs> and um, and uh, I just liked how ambitious it was. It really tried to be like this, like all things. It wanted to be like I'm. You can't put up. Define me. I'm a movie that's a horror movie, and I'm a fantasy movie, and I'm an after school special, and it's about religion, and it's about child like loss and uh, parenting. It and he has the shine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a musical. And it's right? a mu- that's right. It's a musical. There's and so many song numbers we haven't even talked about. about it. Like interracial dating. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. it's like really trying so many things, and for as many things as it tried, I think it was successful on a lot of different levels, and that's why I gave it a fist. Nice. Want me to go, James? You want it? Yeah, go ahead. I think I gave it a fist, and I agree a lot with what John said about this film, and I usually will give a film a white 
pumped for that. But selfishly, I gave it a fist because this film does something that uh, I think people say that it, it can't. I think the thing about this film is that what I take in an analogy I'm trying to think of is like how the reason we don't have the saying is the reason we don't have like a lot of black films is because it's not relatable to a white audience. They can't understand the experience. And I think watching this movie, being a straight man, I completely could understand what this kid is going through, even though I'm not gay. Like this kid being very, again, having a mom, you know what I'm saying? Having, make, making sure you want to make the mom happy. You know, the mom seems to be having a problem. It's super religious, like praying after sexual thoughts, like, um, like kind of estranged with the dad and trying to figure out what the, how the hell do we coexist in the world and how do you feel comfortable just living in your own skin? I feel like that is something I can really latch on to. And it's and it is something that I hear so much about when it comes to creating art. It's like, I mean, again, the famous the famous Lena Dunham statement is like, I don't know how to write for black people. You know what I mean? Like that is that is a thing people say. Like they're like the director you're talking about, Sydney, probably had no clue how to accurately portray the love of someone losing a partner because he was uncomfortable realizing, oh, this is just normal. Like this, like this, he kept saying friend probably because it is easier for him to say friend than to admit that like, oh, this is this love that these two characters have is the same love I would have for my wife or girlfriend or whoever he had. It is the exact same. And I think there is an uncomfortability that people have in relating to somebody they think they may be better than. Um, and whether that's based on like, you know, masculinity or religion or whatever the fuck or race. So I gave it a fist because I it made me relate. And it made me relate in, with a movie that, again, I think, like, directorially, there are things that I guess I would have liked differently to happen. Like, the the last bit when the ghost of his friend appears and gives, like, the whole... Yeah, that was crazy. Like, epilogue of how everyone's life ended. I was like, wait, what the fuck? I still don't know exactly what happened. Yo, I was like, I don't um, know what's happening. It was kind of cool. It was, it was like... I love the idea of it though. He was like, because I was like, wait, is this what happened to this person's real life? But then I looked it up and it was like, it's this is based on a novel. Like, I don't but, understand what he was but saying. I couldn't tell but I was like, wait, it. so he already died? Like, when yeah. did he die? Because uh, he kept saying, <laughs> and you it's already so funny. know how this happened. I was like, <laughs> yeah. it's right. No, but that's what I was going to say. It's it's like such a confusing moment, but he keeps saying, you know what this is. You know what this <laughs> is. I'm yeah. like, what like, is this? I was like, I don't, I don't. Tell me. <laughs> like, he's like, you know. But he was talking to the character, not the audience. Right? Yeah, it was. He was like, man, you know, such and such was in love with you, then got hooked on meth and died. And then I like laid down on some train tracks. I was like, you sang at my funeral. I was like, what the hell? So again, there were. Yeah. There were well, I also wondered, did he, is he trying to say, you know, because you have premonitions about all of these things. Oh, you know I forgot all about oh, yeah. that. That's, that's right. Oh. And it's hard to tell because we've gone through so many different structures of wow. like storytelling in the film. It was like, oh, is it because you are touched in this way because mm. the film is a little supernatural that you already know these wow. things. You can see these things. Wow. I thought it was meta. I thought I it was like yeah. the... I thought, and then the other thing that I thought was like, was the whole thing that we just watched that's what a I, flashback? Like, yeah, <laughs> my man said yeah, I laid that down moment of Freddy Krueger, right? Like at the very the end whole, of Nightmare everything Nightmare we Nightmare just watched. You saying that go to your funeral. fantasy point? That goes to your fantasy point. So but anyway, I liked it. Fantasy. It was just 
I liked it for that reason of just you made me relate to something that even even though I had certain problems with it, I was like, you still figured out a way to like reach me, and I'm I may have not been the audience for this, and I'm like, I think that is a cool thing with art and how. To and that's it. what's important, yeah, because there are best friends out there who don't know how to relate to their friend that they know is gay, yeah. and now they can watch something like this and say, oh, oh, yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and I gave it a fist. I mean, a lot of the same reasons everybody talked about. I mean, but just like, you know, I know that this movie didn't do well, but the reason this movie didn't do well is because Hollywood didn't didn't push it. Hollywood is trying to 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 hide it. And like this this movie helps the cause and we need more movies like this. One of the oh, one of the things it says on one of the quotes on Wiki is that like when when they lost uh Jesse Smollett they struggled to find an openly gay actor who would of the right age that would portray a, a gay love story on screen. Like they struggled to find that. And I think it's connected to all these things we've been talking about, like people not wanting to tell that story, people being uncomfortable with their, with themselves. Um, you know, it's not in that way of like Keenan saying there aren't enough black actors that are ready for SNL, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, like it, in a, in a different way, you know, it's like a different kind of uh, journey there. Um, oh and God, I, I just, that. yes, <laughs> there aren't enough that are ready. It's like, what are you, um, you know, we need more, we need more people behind stories like this so that more stories like this can be told. Um, and like, and now we have these actors. I mean, um, Julian, uh, you know, it doesn't look like he's done anything since being Mary Jane in 2017. And then, and same for, um, it doesn't seem like Tori has done much since then, but it's like having this opportunity, this movie being out there, you know, is another step for these actors. And we need, we just need more, we need more stuff like this. And it did it all while making you laugh. Yeah. All of this serious <laughs> shit. Yeah. And then there was all these unexpected laughs throughout, which, you know, is another That's true. thing that some of these gay films need. <laughs> I need to laugh more in some of these gay mm-hmm. films. Facts. Yes. Oh, this is great. He's like, you're washing your sheets again? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, how also, many times did he have to watch? Yeah, you coming out here. Or when he walked uh, away and he was like, it doesn't mean anything. Stop asking me. And he's like, at the very last before the cut. Gay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> this friend was so good. Or that director of the movie who is like, please say you're going to be the star of my film. Please just do it. Just do it. Come on. Come on. Yes. <laughs> I mean, do you need a second she to think about so it? weird. Yeah. When they showed the film and she was like, oh, yeah. She was like, all right, let's watch all these pieces of shit. Just, just kidding. <laughs> and you're like, what? What? It was like a teacher who's trying to be cool and you're just like, you're like that. You took it too far, Teach. Like what? Are you? Also, but that, but that, I, we're nowhere done. But now I'm talking to think about that scene when they watched the film. I was like, if this is what the yeah, film what, was like, yeah, yeah. what the hell was that audition scene? It didn't what? make any. That's what I said, and and um, the, the guy I was watching it with was like, oh, they just showed the beginning of the film and the end of the film. I'm sure the rape was in the middle. <laughs> it had to be. Like that film looked so happy. They were walking hand yeah, in hand. That, it was so cute. I was, was like, did y'all switch? Yeah, that was very confusing. Uh, there were a couple of uh, threads that were 
slightly confusing yeah the daughter yeah when the daughter came back my wife and i were like what she's <laughs> back and then they like hug and then there's like no and they're and like then like in the epilogue he's like yeah she uh some like some lady stole her and like raised her as her own kid i was like what, what? <laughs> that's insane right well then he also says in that last monologue um she stopped running away or something oh. like uh she was like your sister you know you know, after two times, she stopped running away. And I'm like, did she run away the first time? Yeah. It, One of the technical things, you know, you know, as you spoke to, um, you know, uh, Jera in some of the like, you know, things that you felt could have been better. I just kind of felt like I couldn't hear the actors all the time. Mm. I felt like sometimes mm. the sound could have been better so that I could just hear the words. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I was like struggling to yeah, hear there were times m- the Marshall character and um, something, so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, Sydney, thank Sydney, you so thank much. Sydney, thank you, for, man. Uh, yeah, on, guys, this was but... like, this was awesome. This was really awesome. It I was really good. I you had happened talking about it. Anytime you want me to come on and talk about a film, it doesn't have to be gay. I can talk about <laughs> everything. That's true, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but no, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on talking about this. I'm glad we got to do to do this film because honestly, I yeah, I really hope people go back and watch it. I think it's worth yeah. people like really checking out. And uh, um, anyway, where can uh, can people find you on social? Can they follow you anywhere? Yeah, uh, Sydney Harcourt at um, Twitter and Instagram and um, SydneyHarcourt.com if you want to you know look me up. And uh, that's, you know, those are the main, you know, <laughs> things. I'm in a tiny um, little independent film that just came out on July 3rd called Hamilton. And it's a little it. weird, very conceptual, but yeah. if you get a chance, like try and check that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, on um, a real, like a new startup called Disney Plus that's <laughs> yeah. trying to get going. They're so trying to, if you they're can trying to get support, you know, they're trying no. to get off the ground. So help yeah. support them. Um, Fair enough. And uh, yeah, that's it. You know, if you, I'm it's so mad. I was sitting there like, oh, what's this independent film? Okay, <laughs> I had no idea what I was about to go. <laughs> like, oh, Hamilton. God, God damn it. <laughs> um, uh, of course, you can follow us at Blackman Podcast on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website. Uh, find links to our merch. We got uh, shirts and, and and things. We got a new shirt. Uh, is Hancock a good movie? We didn't oh, get I forgot any to Hancock ask that. Or... Is Hancock a good movie? No, hold James, up. Wait, too wait. Late. No. James, it's too Sydney, late. Have you seen Hancock? You, what are you, you Sydney, Sydney, don't don't encourage this. He he missed his chance to do his bit. It is over. No, no what is it? Sydney, what you think? Yeah. Uh, I'm if, afraid. Yeah, Sydney, don't do this. Don't do this. Uh, in fact, this is great, a segue because uh, if you rate and review us on iTunes and give us five stars, we'll read your review on the air. And I have one here by Dana Banana45. That says better than Hancock. Wow! <laughs> Good job. I Good love job. this podcast. I love this podcast so much. It's opened up a whole new world of movies. I am embarrassed to say I had never watched. While changing the way I consume and interpret content, the hosts do not always see eye to eye. Jarai, she's talking about you. Uh, <laughs> so you get various interpretations of and and perspectives. After listening to several episodes, including some from their magnificent Patreon feed, I rewatched The Princess and the Frog to see if my opinion of it had changed. It was like seeing it for the first time, and I was proud when I listened to their analysis of how much I had learned. I highly recommend subscribing and signing up for their Patreon. 
Uh, Black Man Can't Jump. It's a great podcast. Hancock is not a good movie. What? Still glad I watched it, though. <laughs> the superhero costume was low-key fly. Sorry if this... Uh, if that is a linguistic appropriation, hilarious. oh my god, uh, I'm still learning. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> all right, I did love it. I did love Hancock. Okay, no, no, no. Also, what was better than Hancock? Why is that the title? She never everything. Said. She's our our everything. podcast. Our podcast. <laughs> is better than everything. Hancock. Wow. Is better than okay. <laughs> also, and I also want to before we go, I want to shout out to Jonathan. I thought you were excellent as Ephraim in this movie <laughs> and yes like, is that why know. i liked him so that actor so much wow yes. i'm literally no. i was like dude this guy is awesome <laughs> <laughs> i was like this guy is killing it i like his, his look, look. I, like I was his like look when we signed it. on to zoom i was like oh they got the actor from the film <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I didn't notice that's all right now. This is oh my god! See, see, Tessa sometimes thinks I don't like actors who look like me, but I do. She only thinks that because when Trevor Noah first came on the Daily Show, I was like, eh. But he's been—I actually like him a lot better. Quarantine, quarantine <laughs> like, Daily I Show. Like, I like best, quarantine. So. I like quarantine, Trevor Noah. Quarantine Daily Show, man. <laughs> we get back to the studio. I'm like, Trevor, just stay in your apartment, bro. <laughs> just stay home. <laughs> he's so good at it. Anyway, yes. all right. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Peace. Peace. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Ew.